catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Our guest today is House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan. Chairman Jordan was in the deposition this week with Hunter Biden, and he joins us now. Mr. Chairman, thanks so much for being with us. I know you're busy as you can be, but we appreciate your time. I want to start with, first of all, your impression of Hunter Biden's appearance before your committee. Well, the the House rules prohibit us from getting into specifics, but I, I can say this. There were a number of things that he said that were just directly contradictory to what we got from other witnesses uh, and, and frankly, from some of the evidence we've seen. So I think that's probably the biggest takeaway I got from it. I think also there's it, it sort of provides us some, some, I think, valuable information, sort of a roadmap, if you will, uh, if in fact we have a public hearing, which we're uh, discussing now. So uh, that was my main takeaway. But nothing Hunter Biden said yesterday, I think, changes the fundamental facts of the Bidens were peddling this. I call it the money, the business, the brand. It was access to the brand that I think is has been so critical. And that's what they had all these companies doing, all this money coming in. And then the, the case study, I think uh, the most telling case study, of course, is the actions then Vice President Biden took relative to the prosecutor in Ukraine and the pressure that prosecutor was applying to Burisma the company Hunter Biden sat on the board of and was paid a million dollars a year when the vice president leveraged and conditioned the release of American tax money on the firing of that very prosecutor. I think that's the case study and how this all kind of fits together. And your reaction when Hunter Biden began uh, in his opening statement by saying that he his father didn't have anything to do with his business dealings. Well, there's numerous phone calls. We knew that from Devin Archer. There's pictures of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and his business partners on the golf course. There's testimony that says Joe Biden stopped by lunches and had dinners with foreign individuals who Hunter Biden and his his partners were doing business with. So that doesn't seem to square with, again, what we've heard from previous witnesses. Some of those witnesses were, in fact, partners. I mean, Devin Archer. Rob Walker, partners of Hunter Biden, and that's what they've testified to. So, again, I can't get into all the the specifics of yesterday's testimony until we actually release the transcript, because those are the House rules. And as you listen to Hunter Biden respond, uh, there were there was great interest, of course, in whether or not uh, he would. would acknowledge the fact that this was a, a, a contest for democracy, making some remarkable statements before the before the hearing, saying that his sobriety uh, was key to the survival of democracy. I, I, I I've never heard such an outlandish statement or such a narcissistic statement by. I, I can't remember one that would top that. Yeah, uh, here's what I know about statements too. Statements from the White House and statements from David Weiss and the Justice Department keep changing. I mean, remember what Joe Biden told us a few years ago. He said, I never spoke to my son about any of his business dealings. Well, then that changed to the White House saying, well, 
Joe Biden was never in business with his son. And then, of course, late last year, when Hunter Biden failed to appear, when we had uh, subpoenaed him to come in and testify, um, he said in his press conference, my father was never financially involved in my business. So their story keeps changing. David Weiss and the Justice Department on how they've handled this investigation and what authorities they had, that keeps changing. But one thing I've said, one thing I've, I've noticed is the whistleblower's testimony has not wavered. It has not changed, and they've stood up to a cross-examination. Tony Bobolinsky, who came forward four years ago, his testimony, his statements have not changed, and I think stood up to a, examination when he came in for his deposition. So, um, yeah, you get some statements from the Bidens in the White House and from the Justice Department that don't seem to be too consistent. Uh, and, and talking about uh, uh, Bobolinsky, uh, his his early statements back in uh, uh, the earliest days of this uh, this mess, uh, right after the election. Uh, in point of fact, he had more insight into what was going on, uh, and had anyone really listened to him, and I'm talking about in the national news media, uh, we yeah. history might have been changed. Uh, what do you think? Well, yeah, because th- this happened in the context of the presidential election. Things that Tony Bobolinsky said that were not not were not really reported or even much covered by the mainstream media. Right. And then, of course, you couple that with this false narrative about the Hunter Biden laptop, where 51 former Intel officials put together a statement that said this has all the earmarks of a Russian information operation, which was baloney. And then that got peddled by the mainstream press and polling and common sense tell us that if the American people had known the truth about the laptop at the time, it would have changed, likely changed the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. So, uh, yeah, those are all all concerns about how uh, things were reported. False information was given to we, the people, in the run up to the most important election we have, election for president. Absolutely. And then it comes full circle here these years later. And the Democrats are right now uh, saying that you are being uh, (laughs) being taken by Russian propaganda. They don't seem to have another tool in their box, do they? Uh, This is always about Russian propaganda. And it shows a certain affection for the uh, for the propaganda that the Dems uh, gin up yeah. and spread yeah. across this country because this came from the DNC and from the Clinton campaign originally. Yeah, 2016, it was, you know, Trump colluded with Russia. And we had a 30 million dollar investigation by Robert Mueller with 19 lawyers and 40 agents and all this. They, and they found nothing because there was nothing there. There was no collusion, no coordination, no conspiracy whatsoever. Then in 2020 is what I just talked about. It was, oh, the laptop was a Russian information operation, which was baloney. And now they're trying it again. Um, you know, I guess they just here we go one more time. So, um the Democrats have the same old playbook. I think the American people are smart. And the American people also see, frankly, that what we had under President Trump was a president who could project strength from the Oval Office, who did what he said he was going to do. We had a roaring economy, a secure border. We had $2 gas, not $4 gas. Um, and now we compare that to Joe Biden. And I think the American people are going to put President Trump back in the White House. Well, I think you're right about that. Certainly, I, I agree with the, the with the assessment that he is absolutely critical. This country's uh, uh, continued existence. 
I, I want to turn to the House Republicans, uh, the subpoena uh, for the Joe Biden uh, special counsel records uh, and yeah. the importance of those in the congressional investigation. Yeah, I mean, Robert Hur, special counsel, in his report, in his investigation, says Joe Biden willfully, intentionally, deliberately took classified documents, mishandled classified documents over a period, of, over decades of time while he was in the Senate, while he was vice president. He willfully, intentionally did that. Then he willfully, intentionally, deliberately gave that information, some of that classified material to his ghostwriter who was writing his book. And yet Robert Hurst says, I'm not going to prosecute because Joe Biden is an old guy who can't remember and will be sympathetic to a jury. And the Democrats have said, oh, well, that's that's that you can't say that, Mr. Special Counsel. You that's gratuitous comments about the president's state of mind and his forgetfulness. You can't say that because it's not true. Well, what we've said is give us the material. Let us see. Let the American people see the audio tapes of how when you interviewed Joe Biden, what he had to say and other documents that you use, Mr. Her, in your investigation. So that's why we've asked for that information. We think the American people you got two different perspectives here. We think the American people are entitled to see. And an additional uh, data point, we have the president's annual physical, uh, his doctor, Dr. Kevin uh, O'Connor, uh, saying that he is in uh, in very good shape and that uh, he has no new ailments uh, from the last physical a year ago. Uh, but he did not advise a cognitive test. Uh, your thoughts about that omission from his overall examination? I mean, I, I leave that up to the White House and to the Biden family and the president and, and his position. But uh, what I do know is what we we the people of this great country and frankly, uh, I think foreign heads of state, what we all see. And it's sad. And I don't like to talk about it um, because you want your president, even though I disagree with Joe Biden's policies and positions, you want the president of our country, the greatest country ever to be up to the task. But I think anyone with common sense can frankly see that he's just not. 